This week on Birdland BS, it's episode 61. It's September 4th, and we're going to get into the Ravens cutting down to their 53-man roster, an update on the Ravens kicker Vedvik situation, and the Orioles making some September call-ups. All this and more. Stay tuned. So let's take it to the Birdland. That Baltimore home flavor is coming firsthand. Fred Scott and Ryan, tell them the word, man. Mixing a little BS to make it work, man. Sports. They got it. On excitement, the topic. Make sure when they toss you the ball, you don't drop it. With all that swag, you're going to listen regardless. Here comes the pitch, so it's time to get it started. It's Birdland BS. What's up, Birdland BSers? Fred and Scott <laughs> by ourselves. No guest host this week. Thanks again to Chibs for joining us last week. It's a good show last week. Good show. Yeah. Episode 61. We're calling this one The Time Is Now because it's about that time. Ravens getting ready to kick off week one of the NFL season this Sunday at 1 o'clock against the Buffalo Bills. Dude, I'm excited. Yeah, I. This is probably the most excited I've been for a Ravens season in a few years. So, uh, well, this is for me my news this week, my fun news this week. So, my work, we do Jeans Day every once in a while. Supports, you know, you, you pay five dollars, and it supports actually uh, our, our charity at work that that feeds you know the hungry. Mm-hmm. And so they said, you know, anybody that that pitches in a little bit more than usual. We'll get entered for a drawing to be able to win the company tickets to the opening Bills game. Nice. I won. Awesome. So I will be at the Bills game. Nice. Uh, I'll be down in uh, in the lower level seating bowl. Nice tickets. There you uh, go. Right on the, the Ravens. Uh, I'm sorry. It's actually going to be on the visiting sideline, uh, but it's it's right about the 20-yard line. Uh, so I'll be Damn. down there. Yeah, it's, it's, they're nice. Uh, I actually was jealous because I've sat in them before, but, you know, I – you have those great seats up there. Uh, we're going to get into it later. We went we went to the the Skins preseason game. Uh, I, I love those seats. I'm jealous of those seats. You know, uh, as much as that walk kills you <laughs> up yeah. that ramp. They are they are working on that, though. The escalators are coming soon. Thank God for us fat folk. <laughs> Lord knows I need it. <laughs> it is. That, that was a long walk. Not to mention the walk over, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. That's man. awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm just getting back from uh, a four-day weekend down in Ocean City, uh, four days out in the sun, which all the weather reports going up until this weekend said it was going to be miserable weather the entire weekend, and I was bummed about it. Like, the only days that we're going to be down there, it's going to be absolutely miserable. Turned out to be, like, nothing but mid-90s and high humidity and a lot of sun. Right. Uh, so I am still feeling the uh, the end results of all of that. Uh, but yeah, glad to be back, man. Glad to talk some uh, some some Ravens. You missed a today. lot of stuff while you were going. <laughs> yeah, but I, I made sure I kept up on it. Uh, obviously, the big news was the the Ravens cutting down to their their fifty three man roster. That was something that I was refreshing my Twitter feed like every ten <laughs> seconds, trying to see who the latest guy was that had been cut and you know what the decisions were going to be. Non stop of what was going on. Yeah, 
Uh, some some interesting decisions roster wise, to say the least. Uh, one guy who kind of made the roster in a really strange and uh, uh, over the top kind of way, and in a sad way, really. We'll, we'll get we'll, into that. We'll later. get into that later. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, uh, we got a chance to head down to the final preseason game to watch the Ravens uh, beat the Skins thirty to twenty. Um, didn't get to see any of the ones. The ones sat out for the majority of the game. You had actually made a a note when when the players came out for warmups. It looked like all ninety guys had dressed for the Redskins, and maybe a legit fifty three had dressed for the for the Ravens. They, it was like two the tail two totally different teams. Oh yeah, no, the, I mean the Skins when they were out there, just looking at them as they're they're all lined up. They're ten deep, you know ten deep. And they were lined up every five yards from the 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there really was almost 100 guys out there that were stretching, getting ready, getting loose. You know, I, I think obviously some of those guys went in and took the stuff off. But I'll tell you what, they look like a team when it when they came out. Yeah, but that was about all they looked like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was about the start of it and the end of it. Uh, Before we get too far, Fred, I have to give a shout out to our listeners. Yeah, Absolutely. With our last show, we hit the most views we've ever had, over 800 views. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. A ton of shares, 800 views. It was awesome. Uh, I think the the, uh, YouTube feed also had close to 100 views. Um, So, you know, a a thousand people, you know, for all intents and purposes, basically watching uh, our show here. Huge shout out. And because of that, Fred and I have made a decision. I'll let you make you let them make make the announcement here. Well, no, what we're trying to do is look. We 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 obviously broadcast across a lot of different platforms. Um, Facebook seems to be uh, a good home for us. It seems to be doing really well. It seems to be growing pretty fast for us. So we'd like to do a Facebook contest specifically. Last week, like Scott mentioned, we ended up getting over 800 views uh, with all the helps of your shares and likes and everything. If we can can get that up over a thousand for this week's episode, uh, we'll do a, a T-shirt giveaway. Uh, you just got to, the, the parameters are, you have to like the page, you have to share this post, uh, for today. And for each one of those, we'll put you an entry in for a Birdland BS shirt, uh, color choice and size choice of, of your preference. Uh, but just want to give back in some sort of way. Cause we, we, we really appreciate it. Cause without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. And we're just going to put the disclaimer out there. Cause I feel like I already know our listeners. No, we don't have hot pink in the shirt. There are limitations uh, to the no, shirt we color. Don't. We don't. <laughs> you just know that somebody out there in the, in right. the Berlin PS Nation is going to be like, uh, I want hot pink, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do. We appreciate it. Like I said, we're, we're across all platforms. Last week, uh, we peaked over 4,000 total views and listens amongst all of our platforms combined, which is huge. Yeah. Considering we are just a, a small niche local Baltimore sports podcast and we're doing it from a spare bedroom in my townhome uh, to get 4,000 of you guys out there you listening mean we're, to you us. You mean we're not in a tower somewhere? What? No, no, we're not. I didn't walk up that those flights <laughs> of stairs for a reason? Yeah, we're, we're in about an 11 by 11 small <laughs> spare bedroom in here uh, in my townhouse. But, uh, hey, look, 4,000 people in, in, a short, in a short year uh, to see it grow like this has been unexpected and again we we couldn't do it without you it's been awesome guys and we really appreciate it and you know we're gonna hit on it hit on it later at the end of the show too you know be sure if you if you've got anything you want to hear us talk about you know i'll be honest with you sometimes 
sometimes we we have to come up with topics and we're it, it's a struggle strings. and it's pulled strings at some week um you know you can only mention how many times are we going to carry three three qbs uh <laughs> you know going out but if you've got anything please don't hesitate to to reach out to us we have had a few people that have commented and, or have reached out to us you know so please don't hesitate to do that and we'll, we'll give you all those sources uh later on in the show um so so be uh be paying attention and like fred said thousand views like the page share the post and you will be entered for that shirt all right well let's get into some news that uh, these guys are all tuning in to listen to uh that involving the ravens again uh we ended up going to the final preseason game where the ravens beat the redskins 30 to 20 uh got a good long look at lamar jackson um what was your take on what you saw with lamar scott he looked decent um he wasn't as for lack of better terminology, he wasn't as scrambly yeah. as he normally looks. He didn't look like he was. He looked more. He wasn't great, but he looked more comfortable in the three-step drop. Um, so I thought that that was definitely an improvement for me to be able to see that. Uh, the one thing with Lamar, you and I talked about this during the game, yeah. and it pissed me off as soon as it happened, and I wanted to see Harbaugh grab him by the face mask. The end zone flip. Yeah. Yeah, act like you've been there before. I mean, I, I know Lamar is, you know, it's it's a different generation of kids and that kind of stuff, and he's appealing to a little bit different of an audience. You know, us in our 30s and above, you know, <laughs> we're more on the conservative side. This guy's like our future, and I, I hate to see some silly stunt like that blow his shoulder out or do something silly on a, on a tumble into the end. Pull with Deshaun Jackson, drop the ball. Right, you know, anything. Um but, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I was kind of holding my breath when I saw it. I'm like, oh, man, Harbaugh is going to dig into him. And he didn't. I was kind of surprised. I figured he would have grabbed him by the face mask and said something. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. But Lamar looked decent. Uh, he he definitely made an effort to stay in the pocket more, throw the ball more. And what, what you can really see that Lamar does well is he throws – better on the move than he does when he's in the pocket. I mean, you can just see how uncomfortable he is when he's in the pocket standing still uh, and trying to deliver an accurate ball. Yeah. When he's moving and his targets moving along with him, he just seems to have a better, a better throw better, which is completely the opposite of what we're used, we're, we're used to seeing here Yeah. No. in Baltimore, you know, you know, Joe being a pocket statue uh throws better when he's standing Sometimes too still much. can't throw when he's on the move if if he's ever on the move uh but yeah i was i I've, I've seen progression week in and week out with him he's getting better but it did not change my stance one bit on how i felt about the uh, the ravens carrying three quarterbacks uh that was something that even with the improvement i still wanted to see him end up carrying rg3 so do you do you think if you're if you're putting it on the depth chart, mm-hmm. who are you? If if you have control of this team, mm-hmm. who are you put? Obviously, Joe's number one. Right. Who are you putting two? Who are you putting three? Well, like I said last week with Chibs, I think for me, you got to go into each week, or you have to like Chibs said, you have to kind of look at it from a situational standpoint. If if you want to use Lamar in his package type situations, you know, in red zone situations in third and long situations and, you know, surprise, he's got to be dressed, right? Yeah. I can't see the Ravens carrying three active quarterbacks on the, uh, on the active 46 every single week. 
Like, no. That just doesn't make sense. It leaves them too thin somewhere else along the line. But I do see the Ravens having Joe one, Lamar two on a week to week basis. Cause like I said, without Lamar being active, you can't have the Lamar package. So right. I do see him being the number two, but if God forbid Joe Flacco does end up going down with a serious enough injury where he's going to be out for any length of period of time, I don't think the next automatic start goes to Lamar. I think it goes to RG three. Yeah, no, I, I think it. I think it does too. Unless Lamar like pulls something out of his butt, if if that happens in the middle of the game and he's able to light up some defense, like completely unexpectedly, I, I think it's the same way. I, for me, my true number two starter. As much as I know the Lamar package is there, and people want to see the Lamar package. For me, it's I think it's RG three. He's a little more time tested, a little bit more proven. Right. Um, you know, he's had a little bit more of the the NFL pressures on him. You know, let's let's face it, Lamar still hasn't seen a true game day. He went he went up against a bunch of you know a bunch of number three, number four guys. Right. You know, Samaj P Ryan is probably the only guy or the biggest guy, I should say, on the Redskins that they put they put out there. And that's on offense, right? You know that he was probably the biggest guy that he and he just needed some some more some more touches on the ball to you know make sure he's comfortable at the running back position. But outside of that, I mean, I'm not that much into the Redskins, but I also know that we weren't playing against their number one defense. No, no, we weren't. at all. So great, he lit up the number three and number four guys and the. You know, guys were on the bubble, the five, six guys. Yeah, but he also did it with the number three and four guys on his side as well. He wasn't yeah. doing it with the ones on our side. So <laughs> you can play both sides of the fence. Oh, there. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my, my whole thing with Lamar, like I said, was I just wanted to see some progression. I wanted to see a guy who was willing to learn, who could take constructive criticism and run with it and try to improve week in and week out through the preseason. We got a, a good long sample size of him this year that – most teams aren't privy to only two teams are privy to five games a year with that hall of fame game. Um, you know, so as, as negative as some people want to be with, you know, five games in a preseason for Lamar Jackson purposes, it was good. Yeah. I think no. it was good to get him that extra exposure for sure. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely did. one guy that I was, I was actually paying attention to on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was calling him out all, all night and he had, he wound up having a great game. Uh, I think he had a total of, uh, I think it was 10 tackles, eight, eight solo, and two assists. Kafusi, mm-hmm. Bronson Kafusi. Yeah. Uh, played well, but, you know, to your point, while we were sitting there watching the game, it was just a little too late. Yeah, it's too little too late for this guy. Defensive line is something that we're pretty deep on, we're pretty stacked on, um, and it was just it, it's going to come down or came down to a pure numbers game yeah. with him. And I just, even with the the big game that he had, I uh, didn't see him making this roster, uh, but I did see him getting an opportunity elsewhere because, uh, I mean, the guy played well. And, right. You know, he was a you know a higher draft pick for ours. I think he was like a fourth or fifth rounder. So he wasn't, you know, a real low draft pick or anything. Uh, guy has potential for this league. I just think he just on the wrong team. He he also showed it just a little bit too late to, you know, to your point. If he was doing this for three straight games, I think it'd be a different story. Right. Uh, but he did go and sign – uh, on the practice squad for the Jets, um, so for him that was a you know that was a a, a step right. you know in, in the right direction. But he needs to show a little bit more consistency. Um, you know, if something happens over there in New York, you know, maybe he gets the opportunity. Maybe maybe we see see him come up uh, and see him play. But it's it's just going to be time matter of time to know. 
Well, we're talking about all these bubble guys, and we're talking about all these different guys that did or didn't make the team. So let's just get right into it. Let's just talk about the 53-man roster, where we're at today. Uh, maybe we can even talk about some surprise people that made the roster, some guys that were a little disappointed that didn't make the roster. Uh, we'll go right with quarterback being you know, the, the prime position that everybody wanted to know. What, what, what were the Ravens going to do? Were they only going to carry two, or were they going to do the three? And they did end up carrying three with RG3. Yep making the roster. And to note here, reports state that nine teams contacted the Ravens about potential trade situations with RG3. So they said no to all of them. This goes to show that the Ravens were serious about having that insurance policy with RG3 and carrying him that a trade for a guy that most people were saying were going to get cut, weren't wasn't even going to make the roster. He was just here to kind of help, you know, Lamar get adjusted in camp and that kind of thing uh, to be given trade opportunities for this guy by nine different teams just goes to show how impressed not only were the Ravens with RG three, but the rest of the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they saw something that they liked and they wanted it, but it wasn't enough for the Ravens to give in. And I think, like you said, it was a $1 million investment on their end. Right. It wasn't anything, you know, to, to have to worry about It's an insurance policy. And for a million bucks, who knows? Maybe down the road, maybe you get something that Lamar shows you enough that you don't necessarily need RG3. And, you know, maybe RG3 does go elsewhere because somebody else comes down and the right trade comes up. You know, somebody may just need a, a chance for a, a guy that's a, a veteran quarterback and can lead a team over somebody who can't. Right. Um, you know, I question where the Bills uh, knocking. <laughs> Cause yeah, uh, Bill's got a mess of a situation going on there. Yeah, they named their starter uh, Nathan Peterman against yeah. us, so that was that was an interesting thing. Uh, but you know, back to the fifty-three man roster. I think you know, like you said, the the running backs or the I'm sorry, the the quarterback situation was kind of a lock. We kind of we said it was a lock. Other people may not have, but we've been saying for weeks since it, day know. one. Since yeah. the Ravens signed RG three, I, I figured that they would end up carrying three quarterbacks if the Ravens drafted a quarterback in this in the draft. Right, like they had all talked about them doing, uh, and it worked out that way. Yeah, why not working out right for them? Uh, but then you have the the running back situation. Uh, you know, one person that was being questioned by some, not all, but some were questioning whether Kenneth Dixon was going to make this team or not. Uh, they do wind up carrying three with Collins, Allen, and Dixon. Right. Um, so you know. I, I think we both were in agreement that Dick, we thought Dixon was was gonna make this team. He, you need a solid backup that can that can go out there, and if Allen or Collins go down, you need somebody that can give them a rest. That's that's really one of the big reasons you always carry more than you know more than two running backs. One guy yeah. goes down, you need somebody else. And it seems like the biggest knock on Dixon and what everybody you know on social media and and, and fans out there are saying is that what has Dixon really done for us since he's been drafted? You know, he's been injury prone. It's been one thing after another. He comes back from this major knee injury, comes into shape out of camp, you know, or comes into camp out of shape. Uh, didn't really look that great in the preseason. But when you look at the total picture, I get it that Edwards and Thompson played pretty good. Uh, but again, they played against a lot of twos. They played against a lot of threes. And they really didn't wow me in any kind of way. These nah, were two had a... undrafted guys that played. I will say this. I think they played better than Dixon. I do think that they played better than Dixon. But when healthy, 
which hasn't been very hasn't been very often so far in his NFL career, I do think that Dixon gives us more stability at the running back position. I think he gives us a better option and a better fit. Had Gus Edwards or uh, Mark Thompson really taken the reins and and made a, a name for themselves in the preseason, we may have seen one of them make the roster over Kenneth Dixon. I really think that Kenneth Dixon was that close to not making this roster. Uh, but I just think that the Ravens felt the safer bet. And the fact that they invested, you have to remember, it's real easy for us as fans to say, all right, well, you know, Dixon hasn't done anything for us yet. Let's let's bring in one of these undrafted guys. It's real easy for us to say that. But, you know, when you when you invest a draft pick, you know, that's draft picks are coveted, one. So that's an investment. Two, there's a financial investment in these guys, especially in a fourth-round pick. You know what I mean? So you're not just – it's real easy for us to say, oh, that's just a couple hundred thousand dollars if you cut him, or it's just a million dollars if you cut him. Oh, that's not a million dollars coming out of your pocket. It's not a couple hundred thousand dollars coming out of your pocket. There's a financial investment there. And I just don't think the difference from Thompson and Edwards was too much above Dixon to, to be able to it, warrant it. To make yeah. it work. To make it worth it. Yeah, no, I, I would agree there. I I would say that that same that same thing. It just it was it baffled me to some point that people were you know Thompson had kind of to the same point that we talked about with Chibs last week. Some of these players guys have one good game, right? And everybody's high on them. And I, I get it. I've done it. I've done it. But at the same time, like you said, when Dixon was on the field, there's a huge difference when he's on the field. Absolutely. So you you have to kind of acknowledge that and know he's gonna get the ball before them, right? And they're playing against threes, fours. He was playing against ones, twos. Right. You got to look at that. You can't just look at a guy and what he's doing against the four-string guys because if he gets out there against an Aqib Talib or you know against a a strong um, linebacker like Khalil Mack or defensive player like Khalil Mack, you you can't say that they're going to do that same thing. Right. Because I highly doubt it. Because a guy like Khalil Mack is going to run run you down. And he's going to run you down quick. Right. So. Well, one position that wasn't in question, uh, fullback. There really wasn't a whole lot of uh, competition there. Pat Ricard had that position pretty much locked up, bearing injury. Uh, what he brings to this team from a versatility standpoint, he's kind of like the the jack of all trades, the utility knife of the of the team, being that uh, you know plays fullback and plays defensive line. So that spot was pretty much a given. Uh, the big debate really was the wide receiver position. We knew yeah. the four locks going into it were going to be Crabtree, Brown, Sneed, and Chris Moore. There weren't any questions about them making the team. But beyond that, it was kind of a you know a juggling fest, a, a gamble as to who was going to make the team. Um, you obviously had 2015 first-round pick, Brashad Perryman there. Uh, you had yeah. two investment in draft picks this year with Jaleel Scott and Jordan Lasley, which Jaleel Scott, they ended up putting him on the phantom IR with, right. the, with the stash job there. Um, and then you had the battle in the return game with Tim White and Janarian Grant, and neither one of them really separating themselves from each other. So it really came down to a gamble as to who you thought might make this squad. Um, ends up being Jordan Lasley and Janarian Grant to take roster spots five and six. What's your feelings on that? I was honestly, I was surprised. Uh, you and I are in a chat group that I, I kind of was like, everybody was, oh, Perryman, and you even texted me as soon as it happened. Yep. You know, 
I was so surprised, and I, I'm honestly kind of upset uh, that Perryman didn't make the team. And here's why. This is going to sound crazy that I'm making that it statement. It already sounds crazy. <laughs> but to me, you talked about investments, right? Mm-hmm. You, just talked, you just talked about it with a few other players. We invested. Now, I know it's not a ton of money. But we gave this guy four and a half weeks ago, we gave him $650,000 mm-hmm. for being on the roster. Four weeks later, we cut him. I said it then and I said it now. It was a waste of money. Yeah, no. I and don't understand If it. I'm Steve Bashotti, I am looking at my staff saying, you guys should have known this four and a half weeks ago before you, you had me pay this guy. Right. And you, there's there's nothing you can do at this point. Um, look, from a from a player standpoint, I am happy to see Ghost gone in Chibs' words. Right. You know, it, it's it's awesome to see him gone. Because he just he was so inconsistent, it wasn't worth it. But he just brought absolutely no value to this team. No. You couldn't even hang your hat on that, that this guy plays special teams and that he's with his speed, he's a good gunner or he's a good return guy. He brought no value to this football team. He's done nothing but disappoint since day one. I don't care if he was a first-round pick or a fourth-round pick or a sixth-round pick. No matter where he would have been picked in the NFL draft, he would have never lived up to that status. Yeah, no, he, he was never. a complete bust, a complete disappointment. I don't hate the guy. I actually met Brashad Perryman twice, and both times, really good guy. Uh, you know, just has some personal struggles, whether it's up top in his head mentally or he just physically can't catch a football. I don't know what it is. Either way, but you can't say he can't. He can't physically catch a football when he was catching a football in in the in college football. But he wasn't though. That was the knock on him coming out of college was his ability to catch the football. That was it. I mean, that was that was his one knock. He had all the intangibles. He had the speed. Everything else about this guy looked good. His hands were his biggest question mark coming what's out the, of college. What's the name of this game? It's football. <laughs> you need to catch the football. Right. Right. No, and that's that was his biggest struggle. So good riddance. I hope he finds a job elsewhere. He's already had a few tryouts lined up with the Bills and the Jets, and hopefully he catches on somewhere else. I still think my hot take stands. My hot take the other day was Brashad Perryman gets cut by the Ravens, which has come true so far. He ends up getting signed by the Jags, which he's going to reunite with Blake Bortles, which was his college quarterback, and I think he has a big season. Something about the comfort level of going back to your college quarterback could be appealing for him. Jaguars are in need of some wide receiver help. Maybe they take a shot. Maybe they take a gamble. I don't know. But glad it we'll won't see. be in purple and black, I can tell you that. <laughs> Until he lights us up somehow. And then it'll, then it'll be a pain. <laughs> right. Tight end position. Uh, the big thing here, obviously, with Hayden Hurst going out a couple of weeks uh, with the, the surgery on his foot, he'll be out three to four weeks. How many tight ends were the Ravens going to carry? Because he still counts against the 53-man because he's not going on IR. Uh, So he is still part of the tight end group, even though he won't be playing for the first three or four weeks. Uh, So the tight end squad to make it, Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle, Mark Andrews, and Max Williams. Uh, For me, not much of a surprise here. I know for a lot of people, Max Williams was kind of another one of those draft day bust for some people that you know hasn't lived up expectations another guy that can't stay on the football field continues to get healthy um honestly though again i just think it was a situation there where i didn't see anybody else darren waller i think in the little bit of time that he came back from his suspension outplayed 
Max Williams, 100%. Yeah. But at the end of the day, knowing Harbaugh and the way Harbaugh operates, you know, he's a no-tolerance kind of guy. And this guy has had multiple chances and has continued to have suspensions or have injuries and things right. happen. And I just think that it was uh, – Again, a numbers game with them. Yeah, I do. I, the one thing I was surprised today, uh, we had some people that we know on social media, you know, chiming in with the the depth chart uh, coming out. Nick Boyle at one for yeah. right now. I mean, no, I know Hurst is Hurst is hurt, but I I, I think I would have given Mark Andrews the shot over Boyle. Boyle hasn't has never consistently impressed me. To make him a number one, for all intents and purposes, what you're saying is Hayden is Hayden Hurst is your number one, Nick Boyle is your number two. And in all honesty, that's probably how it's going to end up being for a while until Mark Andrews steps up and and lives up to his third round, you know, draft status. Yeah. Um, you know, Hayden Hurst is going to be kind of your do it all tight end. He's going to be able to be the pass catching threat tight end that you want, but he can also block. You don't usually have the best and, of both worlds with that. And that was one thing that he's that was a little bit of a knock on him coming out of college was he wasn't the greatest blocker. Well, actually, no, he wasn't that bad in college. It was more Mark Andrews. Mark was Andrews, okay. yeah. Mark Andrews was the guy who completely always lined up in the slot, never played on the line, never had to worry about blocking just with the way that the passing um, formations were out in Oklahoma. Uh, but Hayden Hurst, actually, he he does pretty well with blocking, and that was that was why he earned the status that he did was because of the all-around play that he brings. He's kind of got that mini Gronk-esque ability because right. Gronk can block and he can be a, a you know, a Gronk's just big... physical. That's what Gronk is. Right, and Hurst can be that way, too. Uh, we'll see how he performs when he comes back from this this surgery because uh, foot injuries with tight ends can always be a little bit of a problem. There's a lot of leverage and a lot of weight that uh, gets shifted around by your feet. So, yeah, we'll see. Speaking of heavy guys and <laughs> shifting with your feet, <laughs> offensive line. Um, this was, again, my biggest concern with this team coming into this season. Not so much from the starters. I think the starters, you can find a pretty good five. Uh, out of this group, but beyond that, the depth is what scares me. Yeah. And I don't think that this offensive line is still set yet. I think that the Ravens may go after a couple of guys here that have gotten cut recently um, or may even make some trades here. We'll see what happens, especially when players like Jimmy Smith and whatnot come back from their uh, their suspensions and, and whatnot. And we'll see what happens. But Ronnie Stanley, Alex Lewis, Matt Skura, Marshall Yonda, Orlando Brown Jr., James Hurst, uh, Jermaine Illuminor, and Bradley Bozeman uh, all make the final cut for your offensive line. Um, any kind of surprises here for you on the offensive line? Not on the offensive line, uh, you know, with, with who made the team. Again, the announcement today kind of shifted my thoughts. Zeus on the bench. So, I was surprised about that. As much as they played, as high as they were on him, to have him, to have Hurst go in, I think they, I think they said Hurst is going to be playing right tackle, mm -hmm. and you're going to put Zeus on the bench. I had this conversation earlier with um, Kyle Andrews uh, from 105.7 uh, in our in our Baltimore group, and because they were all saying the same thing, like out of out of the players that made it, this five is, doesn't give you the best opportunity and doesn't give you your best offensive line as a starter group. And I think we're looking 
too much into who's the quote unquote starters versus who's actually on this roster. I don't knowing again, knowing Harbaugh and kind of the way that he's kind of old school in in the sense that yes, I think all of us know that Orlando Brown Jr. play outplayed Hurst and outplayed everybody at that right tackle position that he is the future at right tackle. But I think knowing Harbaugh he doesn't want to give a kid too big of an ego. So the way I look at it is you want to earn the right to come running out that tunnel and hear your name announced with the starters, prove it on game day. So come out week one, when you get your opportunity to get out there, dominate, show me that you can do it on week one game time. When the lights are on, when the games matter, then we'll talk week two. You don't think a move like that though can cost you a game? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's just kind of like management, um, you know, as you know, managing your job, right? You don't right. you don't treat two employees the same way. You ha- if you're a good manager, you kind of manage people to their strengths and to their weaknesses, that kind of thing, right? Because no two employees are the same, and it's kind of the same way in this sense. If you're a head coach, you know, whatever you think or whatever you've evaluated in your time with a player that's going to get the best out of that player. Uh, whether it be mind games like this and and motivational mind tricks like this, I'm not saying that this is what's going on. This is just me kind right. of no, I got brainstorming you. how Harbaugh works. Harbaugh tries to think outside of the box t- sometimes, and again, he comes from a very old school type of mentality uh, with the way his father was, and you know, even the way his brother is, and that kind of thing. Um, that I think that this is more of Harbaugh knows. Orlando Brown Jr. is the starting right tackle on this team. It's just a matter of let's let's really make this guy earn it. Let's make this guy prove it um, so that it means more and it's not just handed to him. Yeah. No, you know I, mean? I guess I guess I look at it from that standpoint of you know you got to also look at future as you know what can happen by not doing that move just simply because you want to make a point. You know it it can become detrimental to the team. You know it, it, this guy has proven in the team. Look, I don't know what the offensive line is sitting here saying. I'm not in their heads. I'm not I'm not in the locker room. But I'd imagine there's some guys that may be scratching their head a little bit saying, uh, the guy's proven himself. What do you mean he's not our starter? Mm-hmm. That's where you start getting some, some of that old school mentality that you're talking about is what triggered some issues in the past with Harbaugh with the locker rooms and kind of losing control of the locker room a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying... Harbaugh's way of thinking is right. I'm not, I'm just, I'm trying Trying to to explain it and trying to explain it, trying to figure out a reason why this group was named the way it was as a starter. Because if you look at it just on paper, I totally agree with you. It doesn't make sense. Right. I totally agree with Kyle Andrews. It doesn't make sense. This might be one of the worst starting offensive line groups that you could have made out of the possibilities with what you've got on this team. Um, and who knows? Like I said, I just think that if he goes out there quarter one, Hurst is getting beat off the end, it won't be long before Orlando Brown Jr. is back in that game and he's earned that right. Right. So yeah. We'll no, I get you. I get you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we switch over to defense for a second and we see, you know, kind of the four safeties. We expected it uh, with Weddle, Jefferson, Clark, and Levine. Uh, I think Levine, we talked about it. With Levine was that one bubble guy. Uh, here's my question. Deshaun Elliott, if he didn't get hurt, is Levine on this team? No. No, I think that um, Deshaun Elliott is a lot like an Anthony Levine, and they would have had the ability to get younger at that position. Um, 
as much as I like Anthony Levine and I think that his ability to kind of play that almost like linebacker safety hybrid position, depending on, you know, when they're lining up in the dime versus the nickel, um, that that's what that's what's prolonged his career is he can do that. He can he can, you know, go between the linebacker and the right. safety position. Uh, but I think that Deshaun Elliott showed that he could do that as well. Younger age, he was a you know a draft pick of ours. Now I think that if uh, if there, if everything else would have worked out the way it did, that you would have seen Elliott on this team and not Levine. Yeah, I, or I they would agree. have they would have tried to make a trade or something because they could have probably gotten something in value for Levine. Oh, absolutely, uh, from somebody else. But yeah, I don't think Levine makes this roster if Elliott doesn't hurt his arm. Yeah, no, I agree. Right on. Uh, defensive backs outside of your safeties, uh, you've got Marlon Humphrey. Uh, obviously Jimmy Smith again is going to take, um, some time to come back from his suspension. So that opened up another roster spot. Yep. Uh, Brandon Carr, Tavon Young, Maurice Canada, Anthony Averett, and Darius Williams, which I think that if Baptiste wouldn't have hurt his arm would have been the last guy there making the roster. I think Darius yeah. Williams is just kind of another, uh, a depth guy. Well, he was so, an un, he was an undrafted free agent coming into this, coming into camp. So I mean, it's it would only be fitting that Baptiste should have made the squad over oh, yeah. him had he not got hurt. He had played great uh, in the time that he had played out there, and uh, it's a shame. You know, it's, it's all it takes though is one injury like that, and your whole entire roster changes. And you know who who made this team and who didn't. Uh, all that stuff changes. So yeah. Darius Williams takes on the last cornerback's spot there, but uh, outside of that, no real surprises in the secondary. Uh, linebacker slot, um, again, no real big surprises. I think the the biggest surprise here, uh, so we'll run down the list, Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, Matt Judon, Patrick Onwasser, Kenny Young, Zadarius Smith, Tim Williams, who's played great, Tyus Bowser, and the biggest bubble spot, the last spot for the linebackers, Chris Board uh, makes the team, another undrafted guy uh, that played great in the preseason, but makes it over Albert, Albert McClellan, which Albert McClellan has been one of the Raven has been a staple for the Ravens, especially on special teams um, historically. And for a, a head coach in John Harbaugh, who's a special teams guy at heart to go with Chris board over McClellan goes to show that they really see something that this kid that they like. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, I mean, they, I was surprised to see that name come across, to be honest, uh, especially, again, being another undrafted free agent guy. Yeah. They came into camp undrafted, you know, to, to see the success that he's had and to show his his versatility. I think it's there. Um, the other guy that I was uh, – I don't want to say I was surprised to make the team. I think we all saw, kind of saw it coming, but a young guy that I'm excited to see make the team is Kenny Young. Yeah, um, no surprise there, but yeah, definitely excited to see him get a chance. Excited to see him get a, get a full out chance, you know, in, in the league. Um, so moving kind of more to the defensive line, uh, I don't think there's really much of a surprise here. Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, Brent Urban, uh, Zach Seiler, and Chris Wormley, and Willie Henry. Yeah, um, I think Seiler maybe as Siler you say, Seiler might biggest, be the only one. The, yeah, the biggest one that uh, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on. He came on late. In camp and came on late in the preseason and played really well. Uh, first couple of weeks, he didn't really get a whole lot of time and didn't really shine in the in the practices. Um, but you know, seventh round pick, Ozzy's last pick as a GM. Uh, you know, this guy made a promise to Ozzy 
that uh, you know he was going to prove himself and 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 play well for him. And so far in the preseason, he has. Yeah. Uh, he makes it over a Bronson Kafusi, um, again who had a shot and had you know just I think again pure numbers game. Carl Davis, another guy that was a kind of a surprising. Um, undercut that didn't make the roster. It was that for me. slight little lack of consistency, right? That, so that hurt each of them. For for Siler to make it over Carl Davis, Carl Davis goes out and quickly signs with the Browns. Um, so he didn't, he wasn't hurting for uh, <laughs> finding a job. Didn't take him long. No. Uh, but yeah, so that's so the, the last thing we got to hit on the. I think it's the rob of the century here. You know. Uh, how how do, how does Justin Tucker make this team? How is this how is this possible? Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> Justin Tucker, Sam Cook, and Morgan Cox. Those were locks. They never were even a question. Right. Now there is one guy that we have to talk about, um, and it was one guy that on special teams was making quite a splash. Yeah, Kari uh, Vedvik. Uh, I mean, the guy could hit seventy yard field goals. Uh, the Ravens were actually fielding calls on him yeah but what happens uh (laughs) this point still still is a question mark uh but he's involved in some type of incident uh and is now on the ravens non football related injury yeah when i first saw that come across my twitter feed i'm like okay Another stash job. I mean, this we're stashing kickers now. Like what? I mean, I, I thought at least even if we get a seventh round pick for him or sixth round pick for him in a trade scenario somewhere, there's a job out for this guy somewhere. Whether oh, it's a yeah. punter or a kicker or both, whatever it may be, there's a job for this guy. I'm thinking, what in the heck is going on? What are the Ravens doing stashing a kicker? Uh, but then it ends up turning out to be uh, much more serious than that. Uh, reports are, um, according to Baltimore County Police, was that he was out. Baltimore with, City Police. Baltimore City Police. Sorry, yeah. uh, was that he was out with a few players. Um, a couple of the guys had left. He was at the bar until like three thirty, three forty, with a few female friends. He was with some ladies. Yeah, he was words. with some ladies. <laughs> Uh, the last text message that he received was around 3.45 in the a.m., some of the players checking in on him, and he said he was okay. Uh, after that, he really doesn't have a whole lot of recollection as to what happened. Uh, but he was found around 4 a.m. just off of Greenmont Avenue and just north of Route 40 in central Baltimore, which if you know that area, that is not a good area to be at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're an, an NFL player. Uh you know, with, with flashy jewelry on or whatever. You yeah. know, I don't know I mean, what he anything. had on. I don't know what happened. Um, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing about this. There's still so many question marks in the police report. Did yeah. you actually look at the police report? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. They, they literally, he doesn't know what happened. He doesn't remember. They said his phone and his wallet were missing. Uh, all the injuries, they're saying there's a lot of stuff on the police report that was posted uh, through, I believe, the Baltimore Sun. There was a lot of stuff blacked out, a lot yeah. of stuff blacked out. Uh, but one of the things that was I thought was interesting was everybody saying, oh, it's consistent with, uh, you know, an assault. Mm-hmm. One thing that was interesting is it in that line in the police report, it said in nurse, you know, head nurse or lead nurse reported that injuries are consistent with. And then it's this blank, like blacked out long sentence. I'm, I'm, I mean, if you go look at it, it's a pretty long. There's a good amount of words in there. Right. Right. Um, I, like I question is, is there more to an assault here? 
you know, than what they're giving away. Who knows what's well, going his, on? Time his will tell. His face was beaten up pretty badly and pretty stitched up and uh, swollen. His teeth, front teeth were all knocked out. Um, I mean, everything sounds like he was he was beat up pretty badly. Yeah. Uh, and robbed. He was he was missing his wallet and missing his phone. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound it, like a good situation. But good news is all the reports say he will be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to take him a little while time, you know, time to recover. Uh, but this is a guy that was on the cusp of making an NFL roster somewhere. Wasn't going to be oh, here yeah. in Baltimore, but he was going to make an NFL roster. Uh, looks like that's going to be on hold for a while now until he recovers. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because this guy was, you know, the Ravens even said he was a, he was the center of some talks. Right. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think he was uh, he was very, very well in line to get a start somewhere. Absolutely. And he was going to be a starting kicker, kicker or, or punter. I think more along the lines of kicker, but... Uh, you know, just it's just a sad story to see him kind of squander it away. I hate to say it. I mean, I, I don't know all the story, but you know, when your buddies are going in, probably time to call it a night, right? You know, I understand you're you're a lot going on. You're on the edge of making, you know, of being able to be an NFL player, and you can, you know, kind of throw that out there or whatever. But you know, it's a learning curve. I know that uh, Harbaugh said that you know they're going to have to maybe have a conversation with some of these young guys coming in next year. Uh, yeah, Sherry says nothing good happens in that part of town in the wee hours of the morning. Very unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it, you hit it right on the head. It's it's uh, three or four o'clock in the morning in that part of Baltimore. Uh, you do not want to be out on the streets. Um, yeah, very unfortunate situation. But uh, again, all reports say that uh, he will be fine. Um, Just take some so time to heal. He is kind of on the Ravens employment still under the Ravens umbrella per se, as he's on the, like you said, non-football related injury list. Um, as good as he, I do have to put this out there as good as he is. I think that was a, a commendable move by the Ravens because the Ravens could have very easily just said, all right, we're, we're cutting ties with you, man. Right. But they know his, and they see his potential as a player. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think that was, it was very honorable to keep him under there. You know, he's keeping the, the Ravens insurance. He's keeping, you know, all, all of that stuff. That, that comes with being a Raven, you know, that, a little bit less money, but. And it's an investment piece for them, too. If we can yeah. keep him on there, it's not really going to cost us a whole lot of money keeping him on the non-football related injury list. And then when he gets healthy again, if there are teams that are interested, if we can get a pick, you know, for him or something like that. Or who knows, if this goes into next year, Koch is another year older. Does he make the roster as a punter over top over over Sam Koch next year? Maybe that's what the Ravens are thinking long term. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, either way, a very unfortunate situation. But, uh, again, all signs are that uh, he'll be okay. And best of luck to him, yeah. So let's get a little bit into week one. Week one has the Bills coming to town, uh, which you just mentioned earlier that Nate Peterson uh, was uh, was named the starting quarterback uh, over rookie Josh Allen for the Bills. Rookie quarterbacks don't have a very good uh, record of coming in here in Baltimore and playing their first NFL start. So uh, probably good, good on Josh Allen for not getting the start nod uh, against the Ravens in, the, in his first week. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a team that you know we talked about it earlier in our season predictions. You know, a few episodes ago, um, they got a lot of work to do. Uh, this team, I don't see them. I see them kind of fighting out the bottom of the AFC East yeah. division there. Um, so I, I think for me personally, this is a tune up for the rest of the season for, for the Ravens. Uh, I think the Ravens run away with this one. I hope so. 
I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> because if they don't, I start make I start having questions. Because the look, let's not let's not rem, you know forget about years past. Years past, there have been many a games over the past several years that the Ravens seem to let off the throttle a little yeah. when they're going against some of these teams that they're expected to be huge favorites for. I I don't care. Put your foot to the throat. I don't. I I'm I'm that type of person. The game is the game. If this game winds up being a hundred and ten to nothing, I don't care. Right. I know that there's unwritten rules in the NFL, and you know there's, but at the same time, because I can field a better team than you, I shouldn't let my guys be out there and play. And if it's my, you know, if they get to that high, if the score gets that high, it's going to be our second and third string guys playing. Right. So if the score keeps getting run up. That's on you, yeah, man. That's I'm not, on you. I'm not saying that this is going to be a blowout of that kind of you know proportion, but I I think this is a game that you'll see the Ravens kind of go through their their stumbling blocks. I mean, they're this this it's the first first game of the season. Yeah, the ones didn't really play a whole lot in the preseason, so don't go out there expecting perfection and for the the offense and defense to be playing at its peak level. It's going to take some time, but I think to your point. Um, one of the things that has been a problem with this team in the past, uh, especially defensively, is when you know when we get up on a lead on a team, is that they can kind of let up defensively and play a little softer. And well, Dean Pease is gone. That <laughs> defensive mindset is now gone. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. Is is Wink Martindale? Does what's he his make, approach? What's his approach? Does he make a difference? Does he have that you know foot to the throttle, you know foot to the throat type mentality? Uh, that I I'm right there with you. I, I hope to see that. You know, if the Ravens are up 28 to nothing, I don't want to see them stop there. I want to see them put it up 35, 42. You know, yeah. just keep going. Because um, you just in this league, you just never know. Yeah, you never know, and it's not over until the fourth quarter and double zeros. Seven points zeros. is seven points. I mean, it it can come up real quick. Right. Exactly. So, well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the overall season. Uh, then for for the Ravens now that we're you know just a few days away uh, from the season kicking off, let's take a look at the schedule here. I mean, obviously week one we're playing against the the Bills, uh, so I think we both agree there that the Ravens win. Yeah, no, that's a that's a W for for the Ravens. I agree with there. Okay, uh, week two we go to Cincinnati and the Bengals. What's your take there? I'm actually going to go against the the common thing here, which is a lot of people are saying that's going to be a loss for the Ravens. I actually think the Ravens go away with this one. Okay. Yeah, I have that as their loss. I, I always pick Cincinnati and the Steelers as a split, and I, and I always go whoever's home wins and whoever's away loses. That's just kind of the way I've always done it historically. So you have them starting the season 2-0. I have them at 1-1. Uh, then they come home against the Broncos on September 23rd. Uh, I have the I have them winning this one at home over the Broncos, uh, in which will be a close game. But I do have them winning over the Broncos. Uh, I have them winning the, over the Broncos as well. All right. And then September 30th, we have them going to Pittsburgh uh, for their first matchup with the Steelers. I have them losing that game. I Loss. Think, yeah, figured you'd Loss. have them there too. <laughs> Uh, so I've got the Ravens at two and two. You have them at three and one so far. Uh, they come home or no, they go again on the road to Cleveland uh, for their first test, test against the new Browns. Uh, I have them winning this game in Cleveland. Look, I, you were high on the Browns. I look, I, I think in, until 
they prove otherwise, I have to look at history over the past several years. They're going to let off the gas, and the Browns are going to pull away with this. Okay. I think the Browns are going to win it. I'm going to say, even, you know, the Browns are probably going to win that within the last two minutes, I'll even say. All It'll right. be a one-score game. Uh, so three out of their last four games are on the road here. So we got them leaving Cleveland and going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Uh, this was a close game last year, a game that the Ravens should have won uh, but didn't. Uh, I have them coming out on top this year and beating the Titans. I've got it as an L. You have them as an L. Okay, yeah. so start off the year with three wins and have three. them losing yep. uh, with three. All right. Then we come home and take on the New Orleans Saints uh, in what will probably be a very offensive game. I see that being mm-hmm. a high-scoring game, uh, but I do see the the Ravens losing um, at home here. What do you have them doing against the Saints? Four straight losses, and people start calling for Lamar. Okay, so this is where Lamar comes in. All right. After the Saints, they go on the road and take on the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton uh, and that new revamped offense under Norm. Um, yep. Can't think of his name right now. Norm. Yep, that guy. I'm trying to know you're talking oh, about. God. Can't think of his name, but yeah, I uh, I have the Ravens losing this one against Carolina as well in Carolina. I actually have them winning that game. You have them winning that game, okay? Then they come home uh, for three straight, and they've got the Steelers first. This is where I have them winning against the Steelers again. This is the split. Uh, this would be the second game I have them winning, as I had them losing on the road. W W on that one. Right. Can't you can't lose to the Steelers at home? You can't. You had them beating the Bengals on the road. Do they win against the Bengals? They win at, at home. home. All right. They win at home. The Raiders come to town next uh, in what is a big question mark there. That's, that's a team that um, just traded making, away Khalil Mack. <laughs> yeah, it's been making really big, questionable decisions lately. Martavis Bryant got cut. Um, you know, Khalil Mack got traded. I don't know what to think, but I do have the Ravens winning this game uh, against the Raiders. I have a W as well. All right. Then they're on the road in Atlanta uh, to take on Matt Ryan and the Falcons. I have them losing this game. And again, again, another high scoring game. Yeah, no, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's got to got to really prove himself this year. You know, to a lot of people to make sure that he keeps a number one starting position, in my opinion. Uh, somebody might pick him up later on, but. So you have him losing? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a loss on the road. Okay. At Mercedes-Benz, that. Which I need to get. I want to get down to that new state, that stadium. By the way, yeah, <laughs> like, that stadium looks gorgeous. Uh, then they come, uh, or no, I'm sorry. Then they stay on the road uh, and go to Kansas City against the Chiefs. Um, I have them winning this game only because I don't know what to expect of the Chiefs yet. Uh, I may change my mind on this decision. That's kind of we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but I do have them winning this one in Kansas City. I just I don't have. I'm not on the Patrick or Pat Mahomes train yet. That stadium is loud. It is loud. I take a, I think they take a loss here. Okay. Uh, then they go on the road again and take on the Buccaneers. Um, or, I'm sorry, they're home against the Buccaneers. Uh, I don't think this is a problem for the Ravens. I think they win this one pretty They should. Early. They should win that game, yeah. Okay. Um, go on the road against the Chargers and what are my sleeper pick – uh, to be in the AFC Championship game this year, possibly uh, Philip Rivers going to his first Super Bowl. How do you see him taking That's on the Chargers? Rivers, yeah. Rivers seems to have, for the most part, have the Ravens number. Okay. He has almost his entire career. All right, so the Browns, to wrap up the season, 
This is a win. At home. This is a win at home. This is a win this at, is a home. Win at I home. I have them winning at home as well. So you have the Ravens winning one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. So, yeah, you're right in the, the realms of where I am. I, the way I look at this, uh, if you just go down the straight picks that I made um, on the optimistic side, Right. If everything stays the way it's supposed to, everything goes well, no injuries, no big changes or anything like that, I think the Ravens finish at 10 and 6 and possibly in the hunt for a division, definitely a wild card spot. Uh 9 and 7 is probably more of a realistic expectation with this team. Uh, again in the wild card hunt, uh maybe even like the second wild card team making it into the AFC, I think that's more of a realistic expectation. Right. Uh, I think on the low end, you know, bearing some injuries and that kind of thing, team might finish at eight and eight, five hundred, and miss the playoffs. Um, so again, we'll see uh, how they end up finishing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, do you think they? Do you think they wind up? Where do you think the Ravens wind up standing in the AFC North? Well, like I said, I, I think if you're realistic with them and they finish in that nine to seven, ten and six realm. Um, I think that they'll absolutely be in the wild card hunt. If they're in the division hunt, it, it, it depends on the Le'Veon Bell situation in Pittsburgh. And if that gets resolved, Le'Veon Bell changes the entire look oh, yeah. of that, 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 that team. And if they can't get that figured out and you don't have a, a motivated Le'Veon Bell, which he should be considering every year is pretty much a contract year for this guy. Right. Signing the franchise tag every year. Um, that's going to determine who's going to win that division. Uh, I don't see the Browns being in the contention for a playoff spot. I think that they're a much improved team. I think there might be like a five or six win team this year versus zero. <laughs> That's a big step. Uh, I think the Bengals are right down there with them. I think they're a six, maybe seven win team. So again, I, it's I think gonna, the Browns finish better than the Bengals. I mean, it, it very well could be. I mean, they, those yeah. two could flip flop, but either way, I don't see either one of them hitting 500, or I think they both finish below 500. Uh, I see it being a, a race between Pittsburgh and the Ravens at the yeah, end of the season. I would agree. I, I'm right there with you. I know that some experts have, and I'm surprised to see some of these experts. And look, they they study football way more than I do, and they study these teams. You know, not just the Ravens; they study a lot of these other teams as well. And they've got Cincinnati being ahead of the Ravens. You got Steelers, Cincy. Ravens Browns so how a lot of them have it and I'm just looking at it going hey I, I look at Cincy and I go what have you done lately right you know and, and what really have you done to secure secure a spot in the AFC North you know not just as a as a competitive team but as a team that's going to go further and get themselves to the playoffs right you just haven't shown it so no. I, I definitely think I think they they finish they finish out in last I think I do think the Browns, I, I'm going to say, I think they surprise everybody and finish 500. Okay. You know, it's a it, big jump. It, it'll, it'll be, a, yes, it will be a big jump, but they have also gone, gone out and got a lot of weapons. The, the key will be what happens when Gordon comes back off suspension. Yeah. Uh, that'll be the big key. How much of that, that role, what do they do before Gordon? And then what can they do after him? Right. Uh, they get a win under their belt without Gordon. As the Brown, as a Browns fan, I'm sitting nice. I'm sitting pretty with it. I'm I'm fine with that. You know, to to have your what could be considered your biggest weapon not on the field, and you beat somebody. Yeah. Open those beer fridges. 
<laughs> How big of a weapon really is Josh Gordon, though, when he can't stay on the football field because he can't stay away from his substance issues? You know, that's the problem with Josh Gordon is yeah. he's always one one puff away from being <laughs> suspended again. So. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, hey, that's and that's all it takes. That's what I'm saying. That, that Josh Gordon situation is going to play a, a huge role. Right. Uh, but I think if they can get one win under their belt while he's not there, it'll, it'll be quite an interesting season for them. Um, All right, man. Well, it's time for a social media shout out real quick. Social media. On Facebook, Sherry, we see you as always. Appreciate all the uh, the interactions with us this week as you uh, kind of chime in when we're going down the lo- winnings and losses there. Ryan, we see you, man. You need to come back on the show. We'll have you on probably next week or the week after. Dini, we saw you chime in. Um, Christy, I've seen you there. Jamie, of course, downstairs. Gene, uh, I feel like I just saw you a little bit ago. <laughs> uh, Joe. Trish, Lee, James, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. Uh, uh, yeah, I got same over here. I've got Steve, uh, Sang Lee, Dave, Carrie. Um, you know, everybody kind of chiming, chiming in. Those are just the ones that we can see. Some for some reason, just so you guys know, out there in social media land, we are working on a fix. We actually can't see all all the people that are that are in here. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, Facebook has like a weird thing where the algorithms are where we can't w- see everybody that's watching the we've, live feed. We've got actually word into them to look to see uh, you know what we got fixed there. We actually don't have any comments on uh, on YouTube, but we've had plenty of people. The number has been fluctuating anywhere between three and like ten or twelve. Okay. Uh, the whole time. So well, we appreciate each and every one of you yeah. guys tuning in. And just uh, for those who weren't with us when we first went live this morning, uh, again, we want to thank this each- morning. Or, you went live this morning. Wow. <laughs> you see, I'm tired. Scott. <laughs> I'm sleepy. Uh, we went live a little while ago. Uh, we made the announcement that last week's uh, video on Facebook uh, hit our most views that we've ever had on one of our live feeds at 800 views. Uh, and it's all because of you guys sharing the posts and everything. So this week, we're, we announced a contest. Uh, we're going to try to get this week's video over 1,000 views. And if we can do that, uh, for everybody who likes the page and shares the post, uh, we're going to put your name in for a drawing for some Birdland BS swag, uh, a shirt, and some stickers, and uh, some cool things to kind of give you guys just to show you our love and, uh, and, and thanks for, uh, for all the support. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody's been uh, has been really grateful in all the shares and everything. So we, you know, we really want to get this up as you shared too. You know, between all of our platforms, uh, listens, views, we had over four thousand for the last show. Yeah, it's pretty uh, impressive. So we can only, you know, we can only we only, we only get the promotion as much as you guys are able to help us, and you guys have greatly helped us. So we want to reward you guys uh, too. You know, anybody that is going to the game on Sunday. Um, definitely reach out to us because we have we we have some stickers that we're going to be kind of giving out. So you and I will both be at the game as we mentioned. Absolutely. Um, so I'll, I know that I'll be wearing my Birdland BS shirt and carrying around my jersey at least until the game starts. So if you're out out and around, definitely uh, you know hit us up. We'll get yeah. we'll get you get you hooked up with a free sticker at least. I think we're um, down in lot H uh, is where we'll be for the tailgate. So uh, if you don't have my phone number, make sure to leave a message. Uh, I will definitely reach out to you, and hopefully we can't uh, we can hook up and yeah. uh, hit either one of us on Twitter, hit us on the Twitter page, hit us on <laughs> Facebook, you know, uh, YouTube. You can comment, or whatever, you know. Let us know. We'll reach out to you. And For we'll, you guys uh, on YouTube, Engraven, uh, make sure you follow him if you're not already following him. He will be down there with us uh, for the first week. Uh, so for all you guys over there that are Engraven fans and you want to meet up with him and do a meet and greet, uh, we'd love to see you guys come down and. Uh, 
and talk with him and and, and talk with us. So yeah, absolutely. Come on down, it. man. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Orioles here. Um, hasn't been uh, very good. This is week. gonna be a short segment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, the long end of this thing. The I guess the really exciting thing uh, that's going on right now is that yes, we're finally here. It's September. Uh, we're gonna see some call ups, which we're already starting to see. Uh, get some young guys some more playing time. Hey, look, there was exciting news last week, okay? We swept the Blue Jays. We won a series, and we swept them. Yeah, but not to mention we got swept by the Royals. Then there's that. There's that. If you watch the games, the game on Friday, I was beating my head against the wall. (laughs) It was awful. Air after air after air, and I wanted. I told Fred before the show started that I forgot to. I forgot to get it. There's the segment from. Uh, oh God, what am I? I couldn't. I, why am I drawing a blank on the name uh, of the Bull movie? I from Bull Durham. Thank you. Uh, and the coach, where he's, it's a simple game. You throw the ball. <laughs> you hit the ball. You catch the ball. We Can we do that? We should have started the show with the theme music from Bad News Bears because that's <laughs> yeah, more line to line to what it's looked like over the last few weeks, man. It's uh, it's been rough, man. But look again, uh, how how realistic are our expectations with this team and the transition that they're going through? This is a part of the growing pains with these younger players and some players getting opportunities that they normally wouldn't get at this level uh, at this time of the year. Um, you know, Cisco, Chance Cisco, and uh, Yakabonis were just called up the other day. I'm glad to see them back up here, uh, getting another shot. Chance never should have been sent down in the first place. No, but. he definitely shouldn't have. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to see him back up. Um, hopefully he's got a little bit more confidence now. You know, he finally started hitting the ball down in AAA again. So it'd be good to see him get a chance. Um, you know, I think Valar. Um, has been surprising, yeah. to say the least. Uh, you know, looking at his stats, I think he's had like nine or ten stolen bases now already since he's been here. Uh, that's been a big improvement in 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 that category alone. That's just a category we've struggled in for years. By the way, he's had four steals since you went to the game with me. And I'm week. good with that. I'll, I'll keep <laughs> I'll keep talking crap and just keep the numbers going. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, one thing that I I keep reading, and I I guess it'll. I'll, I'll let it get into the you know the fifteenth of the of the month before I really start going off on this. So maybe next episode or the following episode. Um, there's a lot of people saying the the Orioles are are, are making statements that they aren't going to be calling up some of these guys. They're not going to call up a Diaz. They're not going to call up an Aiken. Seriously, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Aiken just was named the player the, or the Eastern League Pitcher of the Year. Yeah, fourteen and seven. Through 25 games, throwing a two seven a three two seven ERA, he led the league in wins, strikeouts with 142, and batting average against of 225, and named to the All Star team. What more do you need to bring a guy up to say, let's see what you got without having to lose? That you're not losing a year of team control here. This this is where I go and question whether that's Buck, whether that's Dan, whether that's a collective decision that they've made amongst themselves. I, I'm right there with you. I don't understand when there's no risk of losing a year of eligibility. There's nothing to gain from this season at all. You're playing for absolutely nothing at this point. What you're playing for is the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Maybe that's it. Maybe they just want to straight 
I just <laughs> they, don't they're understand. Scared these guys are going to win you, games. You've got a, you've got a month. You've got a month for these guys to come up and get their feet wet and really evaluate what you have currently internally. What can they do against major leaguers and what can they do against some of the hottest teams in baseball right now? What can you work on with them in this next month that that you can pinpoint maybe some things that they need to change or develop on and take into next year if you don't use this opportunity which you don't you don't often get. No. I mean you really don't. This is historically bad for the Orioles, right? So why not? Why not use this opportunity to look at your talent, your top your top young talent. So you're saying this is the why not year? <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's a why not year at all. It's totally different. Well, uh, it's a why not year just in a different way. <laughs> yeah, in a totally different way. Uh, it, yeah, I'm right there with you. Like you said, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I'd love to see a Keegan Aiken or, a, you know, you now still. Usniel. Usniel Diaz come up and get a shot. Uh, even a Ryan Mountcastle, you know, these kind of guys. Austin well, Hayes, they said they aren't going to They're saying that they aren't going to call off Austin Hayes. Why not? It doesn't make sense. I, I, I really don't understand it. All these 4A guys that are just taking up time that aren't part of this team's future, why are they getting playing time right now? What benefit do you get from them playing right now? You don't. No. You don't get any benefit. And, well, I mean, uh, maybe the only benefit you're getting is is some of these guys that maybe have a contract through next year. Maybe you can use them as trade and trade, trade them to – to get some minor league guys or whatever, maybe, maybe, yeah, but that's you're not pushing gonna get it. much. You're yeah. not going to get much for these guys. Nobody's come calling so far. So get a, like a, a 12th round pick or something. Maybe if you're lucky, <laughs> maybe I, I have to bring it up because there's been a few moves in the AL East. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Donaldson being one of note uh, going to the Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big one can Kutch be clutch for the Yanks. I think Kutch is, um, Right up there with like Adam Jones in his career, I think their paths are kind of on very similar. Very similar. Um, I think he can. I, I think he can be an added piece for the Yankees. Absolutely. Does he put them over the top? No. Uh, he's not that kind of game changer uh, anymore. I, now, putting him in the right situation and a playoff run, you might see a motivated catch where he comes out and plays at a higher level than he has been playing. But he's been hitting to the tune of like 250, 260 all year long. Right. Um, you know, he's obviously lost a step in the outfield. So he's more of a corner outfielder now than he was a center fielder, that kind of thing. Uh, if you'd asked me that question five years ago, absolutely. Right. Uh, but I think he's just a bench piece at this point, And he's a stopgap with some of the injuries that the Yankees have had. Um, yeah, to, filling that know. gap with Judge being gone. Exactly. And again... It helps them, but it doesn't put them over the edge. Yeah, no. I mean, I would agree with you. I just want to get your take on that. I mean, especially yeah. being AL East, being the team that we're going up against. Right. Um, I, I actually didn't look at the, the the details of it, to be honest with you. I don't even know if, if he's, you know, what, what his contract actually looked like, if they have him for next year or not. Uh, so he's a free agent next, next year. So, yeah. So then, yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking to make him be the guy. But look, throughout his career, even into last year, McCutcheon has been a pretty clutch player in in high profile moments. Yeah, and had too many high profile moments considering he played in Pittsburgh for a long time. But when you when you get on the stage, if you can perform, I mean, hey, 
Yeah, you gotta do it. So I think that's what the that's what the Yankees and it's veteran leader, leadership in that outfield. That's what you gain. That's yeah. that's that's what you gain. And, and Andrew McCutcheon is a veteran leader. Uh, so you know, for a clubhouse that might be in a little bit of shambles as far as that goes, especially with a young manager and Aaron Boone, you know, right. who doesn't really who's still trying to earn the respect of his players <laughs> did, and that kind of. thing. Did you see him go off the other night during uh, the game? I forget who it was in Detroit. The the catcher like framed it. It was a. It was a pretty obvious frame frame job, and the umpire called it a strike. It was all, it was out outside and low and away, probably four six inches. Right, and the umpire called it a strike, and Boone went out there and was flipping out and literally got behind the plate and showed him how this is how you're supposed to catch it. This is how he caught it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just it was it was pretty funny to see him kind of go off a little uh, bit. I love to see the it. media was loving it. Uh, 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 manager going like an umpire rant it's always fun oh yeah there's there's always i i've told you i i follow uh this thing it's uh uefl the umpire ejection fantasy league uh <laughs> and they it's just i actually watch it i check it out like twice a week just to go watch all the ejections from the week <laughs> uh you know it's quite interesting to see some of the ejections check and, that out. and it's also it also gives you it, it really lets you see you know, this year was actually a low year. So far, I think they're at 148. Maybe, I think, probably after yesterday and today, they probably may have reached 150. Right. It's actually not bad. I know in years past, coming into September or going towards the end of the year, uh, it's been upwards of 200. Wow. Um, so the ejections seem to be down. I'd have to actually check the numbers on that. But it's I, just, I think it's interesting to see what guys are being ejected for. You know, right. and really, in some cases, how much, and we've talked about before, how much of a role these umpires play in these games. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's time for the two minute warning. All right, Fred. This week it is your turn to do the two-minute warning. Slow news week. Slow news week. Man, it is. The past two weeks have been a little bit rough. Yeah, it hasn't been a whole lot going on. So, all right, Fred, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, man, your two-minute warning starts right meow. At 38 years old, former Philadelphia Philly Ryan Howard has announced his formal retirement from Major League Baseball. He spent last season on a minor league deal with the Braves and Rockies, but has been a free agent since November. He's a career 258 hitter with 382 home runs, but he's going to be more known for his dominant six-year stretch between 06 and 2011, where he averaged 44 home runs and 133 RBIs during that stretch. Good player, but at face value, it seems like he's retiring since no one's willing to give him a shot anymore. <laughs> yeah. Colin Kaepernick's back in the headlines again, and this time he's doing it as the face of Nike's newest 30th anniversary ad. Social media is kind of split on this move, but you have to wonder what Nike's motivation is here considering they saw how polarizing he was with the NFL. And now as a result of this move, the company's stock has reportedly fallen by 3% since the ad was released. That's huge. Crazy drop. In tennis at the 2018 U.S. Open this weekend, fans watched what might be considered the upset of the decade when 29-year-old Australian John Millman upset Roger Federer to advance to his first ever quarterfinals in the U.S. Open. It's a pretty dramatic match, too, and it included both great play by Millman and poor play by Federer, who had multiple double faults throughout the match. Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer 
He was allowed yesterday to return to the football program, though for now it's on a limited capacity as he's still unable to attend games for the next two weeks. Acting coach Ryan Day said that everyone gave Mayer some embrace and slight discussion, but then moved on to business as usual and prepping for the team's next game Saturday against Rutgers. Mike Tomlin's confident and not concerned about the Le'Veon Bell's contract issues. However, it's not because he thinks Bell is going to get it resolved. Instead, he used one word to describe his confidence, and that was James. And not James Harrison, it's James Conner. Connor's put together what many are calling an impressive preseason, and many expect him to get plenty of playing time on Sundays against the Browns. Well, I got it in there. Yeah, right in. All right. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but no, that uh, – going back to uh, Ryan Howard real quick, he was a guy that uh, – I'm not going to compare him, like, to to Chris Davis because Chris Davis' stint was much shorter. Um, you know, Chris Davis had that, that – couple year run there obviously with the Orioles but uh, their paths are very similar in the sense that he came up with all this promise and in the beginning kind of struggled to make the team and didn't really perform well right. and then finally got his start his his opportunity to start and play every day and like you said he went on that run from 06 to 2011 where he was one of the most dominant power hitters oh yeah in the game and then just fell off. The he map. fell off the face of the earth. And I think you know you hit it right on the spot with the two minute warning. The guy, he's not retiring. Let's let's face it. He's not retiring because it's time to set up Mike Leitz. And the, no, he's retiring because you've been a free agent for a year. Right. You know, yeah. in two months it'll be nobody's going to pick you up in the next two months. I'm sorry, Ryan Howard. Right. You know, it, it's you recognize the writing on the wall that everybody's going younger, teams are going younger, and they're not going to go with this guy. If they're going to go with you. They might as well go and try and sign Rafael Palmero. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much what it's like. I mean, he has he, Rafi's played in more games in the past year than Ryan Howard has. Right. Simple that's, as that. That's very true. Absolutely. So, well, again, just a reminder for you guys out there um, as we wrap up this episode, we're trying to get this post to a thousand views and we've put out a contest for you guys for each one of you that shares the post likes our page you're going to be entered into a birdland bs swag giveaway uh where we're going to give away a shirt and some stickers and some other stuff so please we we thank you again from the bottom of our hearts for last week as you got us up over 800 views which is our biggest video yet on facebook live over four thousand views listens across all platforms for us um it's mammoth man it, it, yeah, i can't thank it. you enough it, it's 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 crazy how fast this thing is growing uh and each week uh things continue to progress and and one of the things that that's um kind of happening with us right now in the in in the behind the scenes is uh we're working on a sponsorship for the show which is huge for us um, yeah uh, so we're, we're working on the details with that. Uh, so for any of you out there that may know of any companies or anything that might be a good fit as, that you think uh, as a sponsor for our show, please let them get in contact with us. Uh, we've got different packages, different levels and things of that nature. It's a very, very low investment. Obviously, we're just trying to get off the ground here and running with things and anything we can do to try to hope, help promote a local business from a local podcast standpoint, we're all for. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing that, you know, you kind of hit on, you know, our, our first person that that's uh, going through and, and looking to help us set up They're They're local. So exactly. You know, it'll be exciting. Yeah. 
overall, great show. Uh, you know, a lot of Ravens talk, but Ravens talk. to be expected with the first week coming up here exactly. uh, next week. We'll get to kind of get into that next week. That'll be fun. Uh, we want to remind all of you guys to be sure to check us out on our website, www.birdlandbs.com. Uh, you can find all of our episodes there, uh, as well as learn about each of us. Uh, you can reach out and contact us through there, um, and also get yourself some great Birdland BS gear. Uh, we've got all that stuff on the website. You can go order it. Uh, cool thing about it, you can actually get your name on it if you want. Um, so go check that out. You can follow us on Twitter, at Birdland BS, uh, at Fred Birdland BS, and at Scott Birdland BS. Uh, also check out our Instagram account uh, at Birdland BS. Fred actually posted some pictures of uh, him with the with his family and friends in Ocean City with the Birdland BS yeah. on. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/BirdlandBS, YouTube.com/slash/BirdlandBS, and Instagram again. That's a good place to check out all of our pictures and things that we're posting. Uh, once you find us on all those, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, and be a part of Birdland BS Nation. Don't forget to, if you want, we want to hear from you. So if you have a BS opinion that you want to share, hit us up. Ha- use the hashtag BLBS Nation, Birdland BS Nation. Uh, who knows? Your BS opinion may come up on the show uh, and we may share it with everybody. As always, you can take us on the go wherever you want, whether you're driving to and from work, getting your grind on at the gym, or you're sitting in an airport and train station waiting for your ride. Uh, all you have to do is go to our website to check it out or check it out by searching Birdland BS on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Huge one with Spotify. Go check that out. Like and subscribe there. Podbean, TuneIn, and Stitcher. So be sure to look us up and subscribe on your app of choice and be sure to give us a five-star review on any of those while you're there. We love the reviews. Yes, Thanks for tuning in as always. We'll be back next Thursday. Or I'm sorry, next Thursday. Jeez, I'm out of it now too. Next Tuesday, we'll be back. Tuesday, 845, we'll be back for Fred, or for Birdland BS. (laughs) I'm Fred. I'm Scott. We'll see you guys. See ya.